the most famous ship in Canadian history, the Blue Nose, was both a fishing and racing vessel in the 1920s and 30s. The Nova Scotia schooner achieved immortality when its image was engraved onto the Canadian dime. Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, brought to you by the Royal Canadian Mint. Find the new painted dime featuring Blue Nose in your change. The Blue Nose was launched at Lunenburg, Nova Scotia in 1921, but sank off the coast of Haiti in 1946. But why? How? Today we look back on this legend of Canadian history on this day in weather history. The Blue Nose ship itself was designed by William J. Rowe with the sole intention pun intended by the way, of fishing for cod off the Grand Banks of Newfoundland. Remember that at this time, this kind of work was done from the decks of wooden tall ships powered only by sail. You have to remember that this ship was made of wood, but still had to fight and survive the same wind battery, high surf, nor'easters, and storms that can feature every conceivable type of precipitation that modern ships made of impenetrable iron bulkhead also face today. But the Blue Nose was also designed with much grander, more grandiose ambitions in mind. It was designed to be a stealth racing ship on the open ocean. Oh yes, the same ocean that used to just make a meal out of ships from that day in the Canadian North Atlantic. Obviously speed was therefore essential to both the Blue Nose tasks. The faster boat wins the race and the money associated with that success and that feat and the faster fishing ship can get out to work faster and back before anyone else in order to guarantee its crew the best price for its haul. And if there is something we know about the fishing and trapping seasons in Atlantic Canada, it is that it goes on during any weather, regardless of wind, swells, or storms. There's actually movies made about the weather conditions on shipping and fishing. I actually did an episode of this podcast that I dedicated to the perfect storm you remember that one the one that made headlines and then a hollywood film starring george clooney mark Wahlberg. check that one out the blue nose schooner was nicknamed queen of the north atlantic and went on to represent the proud province of nova scotia around the world it appeared at the chicago world fair in 1933 and then made the transatlantic voyage all the way to england in 1935 to take part in the silver jubilee of king george the fifth now as for the Blue Nose racing career, in its 17 years, the Blue Nose was only ever defeated once. This incredible success needed to be commemorated. But what would match the majesty of the accomplishment and the honor that it brought to Canada? Hmm. In 1937, artist Emmanuel Hahn's sculptured profile of the Blue Nose was stamped on the Canadian dime. The Blue Nose was officially minted forever on a piece of our nation's legal currency. Now when I come back, the Blue Nose ran its course and then ran into trouble. And then she was lost forever. Why? You're listening to This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada, reminding you to check your change for the new painted dime featuring Blue Nose from the Royal Canadian Mint. So just what happened to this legend of the seas? On January 28th of 1946, it was reported that the Blue Nose had struck coral reef off the coast of Haiti. The crew were safe, but the ship was so badly damaged that it would soon sink to the bottom of the Caribbean Sea. No one 
has ever found any scrap of evidence of the wreckage. So just what was she doing there in the first place? And secondly, how could this have happened? First, World War II at this time was now over. The Blue Nose no longer had a place in Nova Scotia as a working vessel with the rise of more modern machines. It was sold as a working ship relocated to the Caribbean. The details of its sinking were never revealed as the gathering of information was both too slow and incompetent that first it caused the ship to stay stuck on the reef too long and as a result of that it succumbed to the extent of the damage plus <laughs> there was no one around to report the circumstances so this is where i come in if there is one thing we know for certain it is that the caribbean currents changing with wind and tide are treacherous and the soundings have been historically unreliable so let's take a look at a couple of events from that area off the coast of Haiti that have happened around this specific day in weather history as examples of what happens regularly near that very location. The year was 2005, and it was such an active Atlantic storm season that for the first time since naming convention was implemented back in 1950, we had to dive into the Greek alphabet after extinguishing all the English names. The waters around Haiti and in the same area as where our beloved Blue Nose schooner spent its famous last days, there were a grand total of three storms that came back to back to back. We had Hurricane Wilma, Tropical Storm Alpha, Hurricane Beta. This is how unpredictable, but also how prone these waters are to sudden violent swings and passing storms that would have, and likely did, easily push a wooden ship powered by a massive sail into rocks and reefs. Starting on October 23rd and running as part of a scenario that spread out and included the 26th of October, this day in weather history, Tropical Storm Alpha, the record-breaking 22nd tropical storm of this unbelievable hurricane season, had come ashore over Haiti and the Dominican Republic. Heavy rains of up to 12 inches, that's 30 centimeters, also known as one foot, threatened heavy loss of life in Haiti where 98% deforestation rates have left the island very vulnerable to flooding from even an ordinary fast-moving tropical storm like Alpha. More topography for Haiti gave rise, again pun intended, to serious concern. The 10,000-foot-high mountains of Hispaniola. This range can either kill a storm of this magnitude or cause it to squeeze out every last drop of water from its system over one small area. Again, with mountains forming this landmass, wind will flow heavy and hard up or out from there. Both scenarios are hazardous to any shipping nearby. The good news is that Alpha was crushed by the mountains, and the bad news, however, is that it was just simply taken over by the huge circulation that came from Hurricane Wilma, as it was a far more potent storm. Then to make matters worse, the 25th through the 26th brought all new flooding that was caused by torrential rain. This was the transition of Tropical Storm Beta on its way to Hurricane Status. It had formed just this day and was gearing up already, given the ideal environment for intensification in these waters in the Caribbean, to go on to become Hurricane Beta and then rapidly intensify into major hurricane status before making landfall in Nicaragua. This is all going down through the 26th in the same region where you would have charted the final few years of the Blue Nose Schooner. And it was made of wood, 
and it was sale driven. So any of these types of scenarios would surely have made a total meal out of this once mighty ship. Oh, remember Hurricane Sandy? That was October 24th. And at that time, it had passed just west of Haiti, leveling a very heavy rainfall that left some areas of catastrophic flooding. This storm rolled through the 26th, again, this day in weather history, leaving at least 108 people dead, 21 missing, and an additional 200,000 people homeless by the time October 29th came around. For Haiti specifically, Sandy's outer bands brought flooding, killing at least 54 plus an additional two deaths in the Dominican Republic. Outer bands? Absolutely. So in 2005, we had the massive outer bands of Hurricane Wilma that literally digested a tropical storm. And then in 2012, outer bands crushed Haiti and most of their larger landmass, Hispaniola. Might it have been the outer bands that sent the Blue Nose schooner reeling against the rocks? Might it have been the lingering effects that made it so no one went back to try and save or salvage it? Could it have been? the approach or passage of a storm that churned up strong enough wind gusts and just fierce enough of a current to pin the blue nose schooner's wooden hull against the rocks, crushing it so over time it would simply break up and sink? There was never any record of the cause other than what its last captain reported by daylight that the blue nose was, to quote him, a hard looking case, her back was broken. The Blue Nose Schooner is a legend that has, over the decades, inspired some myths along the way. But from a great truth, we can sometimes develop a great story. With this amount of legacy and admiration for the once mighty schooner that lived on in the hearts and minds of Canadians, especially Nova Scotians, in 1963, Blue Nose 2 was launched. The beauty of this story is that this rebuild was performed by many of the same people who had worked on the original vessel at the same shipyard in Lunenburg. The Blue Nose 2 was gifted to the government of Nova Scotia in 1971 and continues to serve as an enduring symbol of the province that lives under a proud sail. A sail that back in 1946 might very well have been taken by the weather systems synonymous with what we see all too often on days like this day in weather history. Tomorrow's October 27th, and it's time again to take me out to the ball game as our World Series weather collection of stories continues. This time, the Philadelphia Phillies had just wrapped up games in the sun and heat of St. Petersburg, Florida, and had to head home where the weather was more winter than it was fall. It was wet and freezing and cold, and it forced a decision to be made by Major League Baseball that had never happened before in its history. That's the story tomorrow on This Day in Weather History with me, your host, Chris May, and brought to you by the Royal Canadian Mint. Find the new painted dime featuring Blue Nose in your change. See you tomorrow.